Heyo, we are Fantasy on Draft. Welcome to episode numero 15. I'm NMFL. That's Nick motherfucking Land, if you're nasty. With my co-host, Miyagi Pocock. That's cock if you're nasty. Let's start the episode <laughs> off with something I think both of us struggle with a little bit. We're going to start off talking about ourselves and how awesome we are. It's week one of the playoffs in all of our leagues, and let's talk how we did. How many leagues did you make the playoffs in, and how many leagues do you have by? Yeah, well, first off, you're right. It is very hard for me to talk about how awesome I am um, because, let's be honest, there's, there's not a lot of words that can really encapsulate how incredible <laughs> I've performed this year. But um, let me go ahead and try. Screw it, you know? Let's do uh, it. My two favorite leagues, uh, I'm the one seed, so I don't have to worry about this nice. week and the COVID... <laughs> Jeez, dude, COVID is running rampant. So it's it's kind of nice having that bye week while all of your players are on COVID. Um, in my very favorite league, uh, Expert, uh, I finished the season three points away from a single-season record with a one game, and uh, I smashed the previous year-long record by 500 points. And are I you did, serious? Oh, 500? Yeah, 500. And that's even without that extra week I, I checked. Yeah, wow. Um, so, yeah, I've got... A uh, very good team, and I put together depth in there this year. Where my first year when I won the league, it was just flying by the seat of my pants. I had a starting lineup and literally nothing else. <laughs> so I feel pretty good about it this year, um, because, like I just said, man, COVID is running amok right now. And um, I've got the buy in two other leagues. My my big money all reds league. I'm sitting comfy there, which is really good because I have Waddle um, as one of my keys to that, and he's out with COVID this week. And um, that's pretty rad. And even even the leagues where I didn't make the playoffs, I pocketed the one one in the in the Superflex league that I just kind of blew up. And um, oh wait, no, I did make the playoffs in that one. Even trying not to, damn, I suck. Aren't we playing each other? Possibly <laughs> we are. Well, yeah, yeah. I think I'm playing Travis Kelsey. And oh, so, right, right. <laughs> so uh, it's not looking too great right there. But um, it is it is a, a great time of year for me to start eyeballing that uh, one one pick who I'm going to be targeting. How about you, man? How are your league's doing? Yeah, um, you know, it was it was good. Um, I am not heading into the playoffs with as much bravado as you are, but um, hopefully my last-minute trade for Cup in our uh, Chico Dynasty League can push me to the title there. I did end up – I ended up 8 of 10 leagues made the playoffs. So, nice. I mean, overall, that's a pretty good number, but I only got two buys. Um, but the buys are my two favorite leagues, the team that I, I spend the most time on. So uh, I'm happy there. I'm the two seed in both of those, so I got a buy. And then I have another league that I basically feel like I have to count as a win because I was kind <laughs> of tanking. And I ended up with the 1-1 and the 1-2 um, between where I finished and some trades I made. So... Uh, I'm I'm happy for it. I'm I'm ready to do it. That's rad, man. That's a, that's a nice feeling when you go into the off season, and you can still celebrate the fact that you're in really good draft positioning. Because, like we said, even when you're when you're losing, like now is is when you feel like a winner. You're targeting like you get to cherry pick your favorite players out of right, this draft right. coming up, and that is an awesome feeling to have. Yeah, that's what we say about dynasty. When you're losing, you're winning. Yeah, and, you and know, I, when you're I, ready to make your picks, you're good. Yeah, and I just want to welcome you to the Cooper Cup family. Like it is oh, a geez. good time having that dude on your team. <laughs> last week was I so I just got him before last week's game and. Jesus, it was a, it was amazing. I loved it. So, yeah, hopefully he can carry me in, and and we'll get it, we'll get it going. Hopefully we'll get the title. 
little housekeeping for today. Just where to find us. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast. Uh, we'd love to have you like and subscribe. You know, maybe leave a review on Apple. That would be great. We are on Facebook at Fantasy on Draft Podcast. We also have a bad fantasy football trades page that we'd like to have you check out. It's fun to see what trades and trade offers people are sending out and see how bad they are. Also, our email is fantasyondraft at gmail.com. That is D-R-A-U-G-H-T, the old spelling of draft, fantasyondraft at gmail.com. On today's episode, we'll get into week 14 news around the NFL. We'll talk some injuries, some probably regrettable decisions that we made. And our six-pack this week, we're going we're gonna to talk about quarterbacks on the move, right? Yeah, yeah, that's definitely it. And, and hopefully where we think would be the best spot for them to land. Yeah, we're going to talk about some of the big-name quarterbacks that have been rumored to be leaving their team or that we know are leaving their team and some places that we'd like to see them go. We'll also give you some matchups for week 15 that maybe will help you out in the playoffs. And we'll, we'll end it on the drunk trade of the week, just the, word, the worst trade offer we've seen this week. And actually, this week is actually it's a trade offer that was sent to me, and uh, it's just awful. So I'm excited to get into that one. It's so bad. <laughs> but first, let's get into our beer of the day. This is Chance the Yapper. It's a hazy IPA from Fort Rock Brewing in Rancho Cordova, which is just a little east of Sacramento. Um, Yaji, have you tried this beer yet? I have. Um, I've had it before, and I just tried it again right now, and, and I really enjoy it. Um, it's a 6.5% uh, New England-style hazy IPA. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't get a whole lot of the New England-style yeast, but it is definitely a turbid kind of beer, so it's a little bit sweeter and a little bit cloudy, uh, but not like the treehouse beers we've reviewed in the past where they're just kind of thick and, and really creamy like that. Um, but this one does uh, use some Eldorado hops and Cascade hops, which generally are really citrusy, and it's kind of got bittered out with uh, some Centennial hops. So you should get a, a nice little amount of that bitterness that you dig um, with still some tropical aromas and you know some grapefruit, tangerine, uh, things of that nature. Yeah, it's definitely not like the orange-juiced hazy where yeah. you, you can't see all the way through it. But it's definitely got a little haze. And you definitely get some of the some of the fruit, like a grapefruit, tangerine, get that in there. But, yeah, you're right. I, I like the bitterness of it. It doesn't – it's not super sweet like a lot of the New England hazies get where it's just a lot of sweetness. This, this has some bitterness. I, I like it. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, and what I like about it, too, is a lot of times with Centennial Hops, they'll mix, like, a caramel malt or something with it to kind of get, like, a little bit more kind of oily bitterness to it. And, okay, and this okay. one doesn't really have that. It, it's just kind of a, a crisp, like, it says it's a West Coast IPA, but you get kind of a bright, or a, it says it's a hazy IPA, but you get kind of like that bright West Coasty finish that I've really learned to enjoy from the newer age West Coast IPAs, not like the old school ones where they're just really malty and oily. Right, yeah, yeah, I like it a lot. I think that it's uh, done well, and it's definitely, it is, you know, crushable. Like they said, a crushable, hazy IPA. I think you could could drink a lot of this. I think that's kind of my issue sometimes with some of the other hazies is after I've had a couple, they're almost, they just sit like too sweet, and this one does have that brightness that you're describing that I feel like, oh, almost, almost a refreshing brightness. Um, we started rating beers, um, so we're going to have to rate this one. Um, we're going to rate it out of 10 because 
that's the best way to do it is out of 10, not out of 100. Nobody likes that. <laughs> yeah. Who would like that? Um, so I, I'll, I'll start off. I, I like this beer a lot. I think it's great. I would definitely crush a bunch of them, and I would definitely reach out for it. Um, but I, I'm going to rate it at a 7.7. I, I think it's nice. great, and I think that if Fort Rock does distribute in your area, uh, give it a chance. Chance the Apper. So uh, I'm going to stick with what I did last time and rate just how I enjoy it and then rate uh, along the lines of the style. Um, so first I'll, I'll start with a positive because I, I do enjoy this beer. So I, I think I'll give it a seven on how much I enjoy it. This is, like you said, something I would drink at home, um, something I would enjoy watching football, wouldn't overthink about it, just kind of like grab a good beer and, and you know, kick back and, and drink a few of them. Um, for the style, I'm having a hard time with the style because it does register as a hazy IPA. And if I were to go out and get a hazy IPA, what I'm thinking about is a New England style IPA. And although this one you can't see through crystal clear, it is pretty clear. Um, so it's not incredibly hazy just by definition of the title, like looking at it. And then as far as like the flavors go, it, 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 it rings as a West Coast IPA. If you were to blindfold me and have me drink it, I would think I'm drinking a little bit of a sweeter West yeah, Coast IPA. So, so um, as far as the style goes, I'd probably go a five. So if you're going somewhere to look for a nice hazy IPA, um, hoping to like fulfill your juicy, you know, OJ bomb, uh, this wouldn't be the beer for you. I wouldn't recommend it for that, but it is incredibly enjoyable. I do like it. Just as far as the style goes, um, if you slap hazy on something and you expect to sell it because everybody wants hazy stuff now, I kind of have an issue with that. So, yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. I think that's a good point. I would say that it is almost in the middle, you know, between a hot bomb and a super hazy New England IPA. So I think you're right that I think it's something that for those people that just say I'm out on hazies, I don't want them. You can try this one and you'll be fine. For people, you know, that say, oh, I only drink hazies. That's, I don't like the big hot bombs. I think you could drink it and still enjoy it too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some news and notes for the week. Um, <laughs> just start off um, Urban Meyer. I mean, uh, we, we started working on these show doc notes a couple days ago and then kind of boom as they were as we were working on him just boom got the note fired um but like seriously fuck this guy yeah it's funny that that's what you say because anytime the, the name urban meyer has been mentioned over the last couple months my first response is fuck that guy so yeah <laughs> i was i was looking through uh i was just on espn just reading through some stuff and i i found this article that talks about um where you know, ex-player Josh Lambeau um, talked about how he was stretching and Meyer walked up to him and kicked him. Uh, the actual, I guess the way it actually reads was uh, he said that Meyer walked up to him and quote said, hey dipshit, make your fucking kicks and then kicked him in the leg, which Lambeau said the kick was about a five out of ten. So, you know, I mean, that's not a little nudge, but that's also not you know, a great kick. And then it, it crosses a line of appropriate though. Right. For, <laughs> for, for sure. sure. For sure. And then, you know, Lambo apparently told him, don't ever fucking kick me again. To which Meyer said, quote, I'm the head ball coach. I'll kick you whenever the fuck I want. What? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, for, for somebody who made their name in college, can you imagine this fucking asshole's behavior with, with kids who are in school who, like, need him as a coach to, like, 
catapult their reputation to an NFL player because he was winning championships in college. Right, so, right. So you just expected, like, oh, yeah, I have to let this piece of shit kick me and call me, like, names and, like, say, you have to do whatever the fuck I want. Like, right, like... That's guys, such an abuse of power. <laughs> yeah, guys begging to make scholarship. I mean, yeah. that's what it is in college, the scholarship, you yeah. know? So guys begging to make it, just on the, the, the cusp of it. Yeah, what is he doing to those guys? Dude, horrible, horrible human. Like, and, and he showed it throughout his tenure in the NFL, his whole 13 games. He's made it in the NFL. Because in the NFL, you can't control what the media does. When you're, like, right, God of a college point. town, like, y- the media does what you tell them in a college town. You were, like, walking on water amongst those people, especially if you're winning championships like he does. So can you just imagine the amount of shit this asshole's pulled that just got swept under the rug because he was winning a championship for Ohio or Florida? I mean, like, fuck this guy, dude. You, that, that actually, I didn't even think about it, but brings up the whole lady in the bar situation, oh, yeah. too. Like, how many times exactly was he doing that in the college towns and telling people to shut up about it? Yeah. Where in the NFL that gets leaked. Yeah. Uh, there was a, another thing that Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence came out and said, and uh, his is, quote, you're always going to have drama. I've learned that the NFL is just more drama in general than college. That's so sad. How, like... What? That's so like, sad. Your college kids versus millionaire adults, and now Trevor Lawrence is saying there's more drama in in the NFL. I I feel so happy that he's relieved of Urban Meyer now, and, and oh, I'm hoping man. I'm hoping this is just like the worst nightmare he's ever had, and he's gonna wake up and just be he's gonna be allowed to be who we've all expected him to be coming out of college, and even. Uh, right on the same page, James Robinson, man. Like we were talking That's before the this show, one, yeah. like, like this this dude earned his paycheck last year. He earned that job. He earned the right to be treated with respect and and to play. And and what Urban Meyer's done to him this year, just shit on him because he wasn't his guy or whatever is insane to me. Like that's a, that's a that's a grown ass man's livelihood that you've just fucked with for for no other reason than just to be a dick. Because I haven't heard any reason for James Robinson to be benched after a fumble. Fumbles happen. Even Trevor Lawrence is like, we need this dude out there more often. Like, what the fuck was Urban thinking? And I'm glad he's gone. I hope he never gets another job around football. I know college football analysts are probably going to be knocking down the door to try to get him on ESPN or something like that. But I have no, I have no desire to ever hear the word name Urban Meyer again in anything. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been bad. James Robinson was such a stud last year and has been a stud this year when given the rock. And to just see him withered down to nothing because Urban Meyer, I feel like it's like the movie Varsity Blues. I mean, just Urban Meyer out there just treating his players like shit and just sticking them with needles when they didn't want it and just ruining their careers just to win that that high school championship and put his name up on the water tower again like fuck urban meyer yeah i'm just i'm just gonna boo that man anytime i hear that just boo deal just deal uh some fun news uh was again on espn and they put out their list of players that are on the most fantasy football rosters and Cooper Cup and Cordell Patterson make that list. They're the most common players on fantasy playoff rosters. 
<laughs> I got both of them. <clears throat> oh, sorry. 70% of teams with Cooper Cup made the playoffs. It's because he's really good, man. He's <laughs> yeah. really fucking good. It also makes me wonder, what did you do if you had Cooper Cup and you didn't make the playoffs? Nah, that's it, not that's it, not fair. You probably drafted Derrick Henry. <laughs> or, well, know, then you should have had a good start to your year, man. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, 70% for Cooper Cup. 62% of teams that had Patterson on it made it. And then uh, right behind is 61, Jonathan Taylor. That makes sense. Yeah, that, All three good. of those guys have, have been beasts this year. Um, man, it's official. <laughs> we as a podcast, even though I had nothing to do with it, we as a podcast <laughs> ran an experiment for your own, you know, for, for you guys. We ran this experiment for you. Science. Science, We did exactly. it in the name of science. Thank and you. can now say with 100% accuracy <laughs> that there are fantasy gods. And they ain't nothing to fuck with. No, for, for sure. I don't know what Johnny Summers did, but the man is cursed. <laughs> he is the actual fantasy reaper. It's official. Giovanni Bernard, yep. who, who Johnny traded for from you, oh, yeah. has now gone on season-ending IR <laughs> with an MCL issue. It, it's, it's such a huge responsibility that we now bear. Because, for one, do we use this information for our own good slash evil, so we make trades with Johnny in this league to, yeah. to, to, to fuck up yeah. our opponents in these other leagues that have nothing to do with the league that we're in with him. That is a good, good idea. Or, or do we understand, like, we're messing with, with grown-ass adults' livelihoods. Like, poor Giovanni Bernard. I, I've, I feel bad good that... Good point. What is he, <laughs> Urban Meyer? <laughs> dude... He should name his name. Johnny Meyer Summers. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know what to do with this information, but it is scientifically proven now. Like, we've, we've collected data, we fucked around, we found out. Yeah, man, proof is in the pudding, for yep. sure. I mean, there's, there's no argument. Johnny felt that he was cursed for a while, felt like just every move he made, somebody was getting hurt or getting benched or just becoming awful, and so... You guys did it. You guys put the experiment out there, and wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tough, because I like Giovanni Bernard. I, I know. <laughs> you know, it was a couple of weeks ago, and we would mentioned it on the last couple of podcasts, that he started barely getting the ball, like oh, yeah. not even being included in the offense. And now, you know, so we were already leaning that way, like maybe yeah, that, that was enough. <laughs> and then, boom. Yeah. IR. IR. Season ending. Man. Um, let's get into some injuries. We'll, we'll talk a couple guys just kind of real quick that have uh, that were injured this week and, and how they're doing. Lamar Jackson, um, he had an, he sprained his ankle, but it was a, a low ankle sprain. It is kind of funny now how everything is everything is low ankle or high ankle. Right. I mean, it used to just be it was an ankle sprain, and then if it was bad, it was a high ankle sprain. Yeah. But now, like everything is listed, so <laughs> so he has a low ankle sprain. He did miss practice. Um, they did sign Josh Johnson at quarterback, but that's very just precautionary. He's day-to-day. Sounds like he's going to play. Josh Allen, he has a sprained foot, but he's doing a lot better. Uh, I heard that he's in line to play. Have you heard anything different there? Um, yeah, so Josh Allen, they, they say he is going to play. So that's what I saw today. And we are recording a day later. Um, right. So we're getting a little bit more information on, on that. Um, I did just see about a half hour ago, like, Lamar Jackson's in serious question to play. Oh, really? Yeah, because he didn't practice again today. And, right. and so today is Friday. If you're not practicing Friday, you're in doubt. 
to play on on Sunday. So um, keep a real close eye on that because if I had to bet right now, I'd, I bet he's not going to play. Wow, I, yeah. I didn't see that. So yeah, that's tough. And I I forget his backup's name, but he's actually done a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah he he did bit. a really good job filling in. Yeah, get get that ball to Mark Andrews. That's what he did. So yeah, exactly. That's... Do not hesitate to start that guy. Um, DeAndre Hopkins uh, knee sprain, but. It sounds like he's going to miss the rest of the year. Yeah, he's out for the regular season. They hope to get him back for the playoffs. Okay. Um, so uh, I'll have to check Johnny's trade history um, to see if he had something to do with that. But, yeah, he he uh, he, he came up a, a, a little gimpy after that hamstring again. Um, and uh, they're, they're designating it as a knee this time. But, like, y- you could kind of see him favoring that one leg just to kind of ease up on that hammy anyway. And it was a... It was what was the uh, the last uh, touchdown pass before they kicked the field goal? Uh, you kind of see him get up real gimpy after that play. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess uh, AJ Green season. Yeah, go for it, man. Like he's he's shown he's still got it. You know, they're, they're getting the ball to him. It, I don't think it's going to be a one person that's going to eat up all DeAndre Hopkins' uh, targets. I think it's going to be you know AJ Green's probably going to get a couple say more. Christian Kirk. Oh, you mean 80 yards Christian Kirk this last week, your boy? <laughs> um, I think it's probably going to be like if, if D-Hop was getting 10 targets, it's going to be three to A.J. Green, two to Kirk, two to Rondell Moore. Hopefully Ertz gets a little bit more involved. Yeah, Ertz um, I mean, so I, I don't think it's going to just be one person. I think everybody gets elevated just a tiny bit. Yeah, I actually tried to trade A.J. Green. I was trying to get a 24-third for AJ Green at the last couple minutes of the Monday night game and got shot down. I would have um, given you that. Yeah, Green had a pretty good game too. I, I thought it was kind of a no-brainer for the sixth seed, but apparently not. Well, maybe they don't have a brain. Highly possible. <laughs> um, we'll get into questions from the bar. That is questions that come from you guys, um, you know, via our Facebook page or our email. Um, this question comes in via email from a nick at motherfuckingland.com. No. And it reads, you guys should talk about the trades that went down in your <laughs> dynasty league with two minutes to go in the Monday night game. Boy, that was fun. That's a strange request, but, I mean, <laughs> we got to do what, what our fans want. Yeah, the people so. are demanding it. <laughs> um, yeah, our trade deadline is week the end of week 14 which means that the monday night game is is it when the monday night game ends as does our trade deadline and it got pretty hot and heavy there for a few minutes yeah um i basically with about four or five minutes left in the game it was pretty much everything was locked playoff seating was locked uh the the one through you know four picks were locked Everything was pretty much locked, so I decided that I was going to try to send out Sony Michelle and just shop him to the top couple teams, teams that are already locked in and trying to, you know, improve their playoffs. And um, at one point, I even, like, had to post on the group chat, like, there's two minutes left in the game, deadline ends. But I think I did okay. I, I ended up getting two mid to late seconds for Mike Gesicki, mm-hmm. which I think is a, a little light, but I have the tight ends to, to get through that. Yeah, that's what's important there. It's, if, if he's not like locked in as your starter, then two, two, two seconds is good. Yeah, I, I felt comfortable with yeah. it. And then I turned around and I traded two seconds 
but not the two seconds I got because one of them is the two one, so a, a very high second. First round light. Right. But I traded two seconds and Sony, Michelle, and I got Miles Sanders, and I'm really happy with that one. Yeah, you should be, um, especially c considering, like, you have to look at the whole timeline. Like, if you're looking for the rest of this year, um, Miles Sanders probably isn't somebody you're looking for. But this is a dynasty league where you're going to have that right. talented young running back for years now, unless, obviously, he blows up and you trade him for a first or two firsts or whatever, um, in which case that's still a very good investment. Um, I, I love... I love the utilization of the end of the trade deadline. Yeah, it's, that's what I was just going to say. It is it's so much league. fun. Yeah, you got, you got to pay attention to your league. Um, there was one league where I was, like, right on the cusp of making the playoffs. I actually missed it by, uh, like, half a point where Kyler Murray, if, you, if one of those Rams would have intercepted the ball on that last drive, like, that he hit him he hit two different defenders I would have been in the playoffs so I was <laughs> I was trying to actively trade like Cam Akers somebody who will be good next year to a to a some a team that wasn't in the playoffs to try to get Fournette and make some noise in the playoffs right, right like that's a type of moves that you can be making just to make some noise in the playoffs man you never know like you can get in and you could get you know uh, a player who's been struggling out or you could go against a team who's been leading on DeAndre Hopkins or you know you, there's there's any amount of things that can happen in the playoffs just so you can ruin somebody else's week and that's great even if you're not chasing the championship as a six seed you can go in and knock off the four seed and, and laugh in their face and ha 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 or the three seed I guess it would be and um, so knowing when your trade deadline is and then knowing the positions of the other teams is, is vital, man. Always take a look at that stuff. It's not just about who's on your team. Take a look at the rest of the league. And, and that's, I think, the most important step of going from just a, just a casual kind of dude who's got some fantasy leagues to really, really winning is you've got to look at the other teams and you've got to know what they need and you have to know what you can offer them. And in Dynasty, it's great because you can look to next year to, to do something for this year. Even if you're overpaying a tiny bit, um, you can you can kind of salvage your whole next four weeks kind of screwing around in the playoffs. And so know your trade, day, trade deadline and take advantage of that, man. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's also a point that for the leagues that we're in, the leagues that we play, we have a late trade deadline. Our trade deadline is the playoffs, and it is off for the fantasy playoffs. That's it. Yeah. I mean, as soon as... The, the fantasy playoffs are over, we turn it back on and we're ready to go. But we have it late because you don't know. You don't know if you're going to make the playoffs as the five or six seed or miss them and be the seven seed. And that can change your whole idea of what you're doing. If you decide to you make it as the six seed and then you decide, hey, I'm going to try to go for it, and you trade some future assets for some immediate assets, that is something that you want to be able to do. I, I just don't understand the, the leagues that set a week 10 trade deadline or something like that. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I sort of get it for a redraft, um, but for Dynasty, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that early. Like, Dynasty, you're trading all your assets anyway. Like, as soon as the playoffs are over, like, <laughs> we'll record and we'll tell you all the trades because I can almost guarantee you there's going to be just a shitload of trades that happen right after the championship because right, I know right. for sure I'm going to be doing a lot of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I already have some in my head. Like, oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> yep. As soon as this comes, I'm going to try to move this guy here and yep. move that guy there. Yep, yeah, I've exactly. already been working at it. I've yeah. already got it. Yeah, so open open that time frame a little bit. Um, why, would you, why would you handcuff the amount of fun you can have? And trading is super fun. So I saw a post on Facebook on one of the fantasy groups where <laughs> – a guy was asking about that like how long does your trade it was a dynasty dynasty forum and it was you know like 
when do you reopen trades? And so many people were like, oh, reopen them at the NFL draft. Reopen them, you know, when again, preseason starts. And why? Like, again, why would you do that? <laughs> like, there's no reason to. I just, I just posted Kobe saying soft. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was my post back. That's, that's a really, soft. really good response because it, it's it's, that's fucking soft. There's no reason to do that. Like you can, it, and especially because us as, as fantasy football junkies, and I'm hoping a lot of our audience is, um, like what, what else would you rather be doing in the offseason, man? Right. Like, come on. Right. To not, I mean, that's the point of Dynasty. Yeah. 24-7, 365. Exactly. Do it. One more question from the bar, and this is from right now my number one rival who shall not be named. But he wants to know if we set our lineups in leagues that we have the buy. Fuck yeah, I do. Like, I mean, it, 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 sounds, it sounds weird and it, and it could be pointless, but I mean, like, again, why, why wouldn't you take advantage of, you know, a fun time of year where you get to look at your, your lineup and kind of see who you would have beaten? Like, I set my lineup in, in all the leagues that I have a buy-in just so I can see, like, okay, my team uh, would have stacked up against, so like, all the other teams very well this week, or uh, thank God I have a buy because I'm missing out on Waddle or any amount of other people, Baker, who's out on COVID or anything like that. I absolutely take a look at my team because I don't want to miss out on anything. Like, if, if you – it's like um, – Back in the day, remember when they wouldn't have those uh, divisional matchups at the end of the regular season, so people would just sit their players. Right, right. right. Peyton Manning got screwed by this so many times. I mean, oh, they, man, they, yeah. they they would always like bench everybody the last game. Then then they have the bye, and it fe- it feels like to me this isn't scientifically proven because it's impossible, but it seems like your mind kind of gets lazy at that point. Like not. I'll never call Peyton Manning or anybody in the NFL lazy, but you know what I mean? Where you're, yeah. you're in this mode of just go, 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 go. A lot and of then, letdowns. Yeah, the and, then, and, then, and then you take a break from that, and it's hard to get going again. So I fucking for sure look at all my, my bi-week leagues, and I'm setting the hell out of those lineups. And I'm also looking at everybody else who I could potentially be playing and matching myself up against them. So, yes, I 100% do. And plus, what else am I going to do? I have a buy in, like, all my fucking leagues. I am actually the opposite. I am a kind, kind team manager, and I give my players the week off. I don't check in with them. I'm like, go to Disneyland. I don't care. You're on by. You have the time. Spend it with your families. I don't want to talk to you. You don't want to talk to me. Just go have fun. And I, I sometimes what I'll do is I'll, I'll set the, a lot of times I set my lineups a week or two in advance just because I want to, you know, I do want to see what the, the predictions are and stuff like that. So probably if you went to my teams that I have a buy-in, they probably have a pretty decent lineup set. Like it's not, I don't bench everybody and take them off. So probably if you went to my leagues, I bet you I would have a decent lineup, if not the best lineup possible. But I don't. I don't go into it and set it. I mean, I don't give up on the league like you're saying. Like, I agree with you. That is, you do need to know what's coming up. I, I have checked to see which defense is playing next week. I, I have done some pickups and some ads. So I definitely don't give up on the week because I do agree with you. If you do nothing, you can get lazy. But I'm, I am not worried about who's in the starting lineup at all. It's soft. Possibly. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I have a lot of players that appreciate me, and my turnover is really low. Okay. They, they, they come back. You should run a restaurant. <laughs> uh, let's get into our set it and regret it segment. This is when you're sitting there looking at your lineup because you don't have a buy. You're looking at your lineup, and you're trying to decide, do I start player A or do I start player B? And how many times do you last minute start player B and then player A goes off? So set it, regret it. You got anybody this week, this last week, that you sat that you're not happy about? Yeah, man, it's stupid, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there because I, I was legitimately contemplating leading up to the week, like, who I was going to start here. I'm going to start Aaron Jones who got me two touchdowns, I think 60 total yards, a couple PPR points, he did very well. And that's who I started. And this is why it's stupid, because you shouldn't, shouldn't be upset about starting Aaron Jones, who got me 20 fantasy points. But my other option was James Conner, who got just under 30. Dude had nine receptions, 98 yards, two rushing touchdowns. I forget his rushing total. He really had nine receptions? He had nine receptions, yeah. Good for him. Killing it. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is because at the beginning I said I missed the single game point record by three points and I would have demolished it if I'd started oh I didn't realize that was the same league yeah Yeah. (laughs) and and I know it's stupid because you know it's just it's a single game record it's not incredibly important you just want to win the championship but I kind of like seeing my name at the top of those lists so I, I that's my set it and regret it it's stupid but that's what I got yeah, no, makes sense. Um, just for those of you that are wondering, the Sleeper app, it's our favorite platform to play fantasy, and that's something that shows there. You go to League History, and it tells you the top 10 highest scores of the week. It tells you how many, you know, the highest scoring points of the year. It's fun. Check out Sleeper. Yeah. My set it and regret it, though, in our work redraft league, I played uh, Jamar Jefferson who had five snaps total, five snaps, zero touches. And I lost to you. We were playing head-to-head. I lost to you by 3.4 points. Dominated. Causing me to not only miss out on the playoffs, but to let my son Jason stay in the playoffs. And that's even worse. That's the worst part. Yeah, because the the last thing we need that dude to have is self-esteem. And now he's... Walking around feeling all good about himself, and you really let us down here, Nick. Yeah, well, I think you let us down. You won. Well, I can't help but be me, Nick, and I'm a winner, bro. <laughs> Jason's team had uh, a great year. He'd been at the top all year long. Oh, he'll tell you all about it. He'll, he was. He spent a lot of time telling us all about it, but we kept trying to remind him that he was fake good because his points scored were so low. So bad. <laughs> and... It almost worked out. All I had to do is I had to win this week. I didn't have to win by a certain amount. I just had to win. And if I would have won, I would have had the same record as him, and I would have kicked him out by many, many, many points. But uh, somehow he, he snuck right in. And, you know, what's a dad to do but have a little bit of pride for his son? No, you're supposed to shit on him and let him know he's not as good as you. <laughs> Who taught you to parent, man? Have you paid attention to nothing I do with my kids? You dominate. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a good point. I, I think I read a book or uh, maybe reading, a magazine. Reading was, is stupid. It was probably written by some idiot. <laughs> All right, guys. We each have both finished our beer of the day, and we're starting to get buzzed. So let's talk about what's got us buzzed for fantasy football. I feel like this time of year, 
It's the same thing, right? Oh, it's the easiest answer in the world. Yeah. What are What are you buzzed about? Fucking playoffs. 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 We've been working all year for this. We've spent a, an insane amount of hours scouring over waiver wires, working out trades, setting our lineups, pulling our hair out about what defense our tight ends are playing. And here we are finally paying off in the fucking playoffs. And if you're not jacked up about the playoffs, it means that you didn't make it and you need to listen to us more because you will make it next year if you listen. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what the whole point of fantasy football is. Get to the playoffs and win a ship. Yep. And to win the ship, you got to get in the playoffs. You got to put in the work, like Miyagi just said. You got to be studying. You got to check your defenses. You got to check your, you know, all the the highlights of who's playing. You got to be ready to go. We did it. We're both in a lot of playoffs, so we're pumped. We're happy. It also does help with just the amount of leagues we're in. If we're in like ten leagues and you don't make the playoffs in any of them, <laughs> you need to reevaluate I, yeah, some no, shit. No, one hundred percent true, but. <laughs> If you're in 10 leagues and you go two for 10, you're also a dumbass. <laughs> but you're in the playoffs in two leagues. Fuck yeah, let's do it. All right, all right. That's a, that's a strong argument. The sponsor of the week, this week's show is brought to you by Southern Zen Barbecue Holy. here in Chico, California. Holy crap, they're so good. Southern Zen right now is just a pop-up restaurant, but is in the works to get a brick and mortar to sell from more consistently. Kevin, the owner, is a great friend of ours. We love him. And anytime we can get some of his wonderful barbecue, we don't hesitate. Check them out on Facebook at Southern Zen Barbecue. And if you're in the Chico Butte area, keep an eye out for that Bayou Buddha popping up around town. It's so good. So, so good. I love that he like works out of his comfort zone too. Like he did a, a sushi barbecue collaboration with one of the sushi spots here in town. It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> was Pulled great. pork and sushi wrapped up. Oh, oh, it loved great. it. Let's get into our six pack of the week. Like I had mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about some of the top quarterbacks that are rumored to be on the move. Where do you think they're going to go? Where do you want them to go? It's kind of up to us. But, Miyagi, yeah, get us started. Who's your first quarterback that you think's on the move? So, um, again, this is all speculation. Like, we don't know if any of these people are actually moving. But um, as far as who I would like to see, and there's been some noise about Russell Wilson leaving, right? And this year isn't doing anything to A show A lot him. of noise. Yeah, there isn't anything showing, like, they're keeping him there. I mean, it looks like Carroll might be done also. So if I had one spot where I could pick Russell Wilson to go and just lose my shit if he lands there, it would be the New Orleans Saints. Um, you look at the... The similarities with him and Breeze, um, you have Sean Payton, who would just just love using this guy's skill set. He's smart with the ball. He's mobile enough. I mean, he's incredibly mobile, but you would never know it because he's smart. Like, he, he will run for seven yards and then slide instead of trying to fight for ten and, and hurting himself. Um, we've all heard he's one of the great healers of all time, but it's because he doesn't put his body in a lot of harm's way. You know, he, yeah, yeah. he's very smart with what he does, and I think that's what Sean Payton's missing right now. And then you get a player like Camaro, Michael Thomas. They have a decent O-line. Uh, mixed with that defense, like, that's a, that's a match made in heaven as far as I'm concerned. Uh, selfishly, I have a lot of Jameis Winston, so I want Jameis Winston to be the quarterback of the Saints. But <laughs> for all the reasons that Russell Wilson would be an awesome quarterback for the Saints. I mean, he, he and Brady are, I mean, the same size, the same ideas. They're both some of the smartest guys I've known. I've said for years that Russell Wilson is hands down a top 
what, three to five quarterback in the NFL. Like, yeah. as a Niners fan, you know, we play the Seahawks all the time. They always end up, he has the ball with two minutes to go down four or something yeah. like that. And he is amazing. As a fantasy quarterback, I stay the F away from him. I haven't had him on a team of <laughs> yeah. mine in so long because I don't want the 50-point game and then the 8-point game and then the 40-point game and then the 12-point game. But I think that goes away if he goes to the Saints. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's all like 30-plus point games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, again, selfishly, I don't want that to happen, but as a fantasy football fan, whoo! Yeah, that would be that'd be a that'd be a lot of fun, whole lot of fun. Man, yeah. My first quarterback, um, I'm looking at Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think that you know all signs are pointing to he's out. Trey Lance will be the quarterback uh, at San Francisco next year, and I'd like to see Jimmy G go to Pittsburgh. Um, nice. Big Ben is pretty clearly on his way out. Um, he hasn't been able to play football in two years. Um, so, and he's even said, like, basically this is his last year. So they are going to be looking for a quarterback. I think their team is set up in a way that they're not wanting to bring in a rookie quarterback and rebuild and start over. I think they want to bring in an established quarterback and just, you know, keep going the way they are. I think that with Pittsburgh being a no-nonsense, we run the football, we have a good defense, that is how Jimmy G got to the Super Bowl with the 49ers. And I could see how that could be good for Pittsburgh. You know, the same style of play. I think that Tomlin would like to have a quarterback that will be safe with the football, and I think that it could be, it could be good for Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, and I'm just going to stick with Pittsburgh because I got another quarterback who I think uh, will fill a role very quick and I think takes care of the ball. Historically, um, I think the best rate ever, like as far as his touchdown and interception rate. And I, um, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers, man. Sticks with that cold weather. Uh, sticks with an insanely loyal fan base. Uh, he's got weapons for days there. He got Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, Claypool, if he can get his head out of his ass. Uh, if Juju comes back, not to mention the running game is stacked. Right. They're historically known for having a great offensive line. This year it's like 25th, but I think that they're going to spend the offseason retooling their O-line. And they're the team, yeah, Pittsburgh will do that. They yeah. will spend what it takes to get a good offensive line again. Yeah, and that makes all the difference in the world. Um, so I'm, I'm, I know there's a lot of hubbub about Rodgers going to other places. I haven't heard Pittsburgh mentioned a whole lot, but, I mean, if, if – that's where I want to see him go. I'll just say that because it, it, it seems very linear, uh, similar to Green Bay. Again, uh, everything I already mentioned, uh, the weapons, the weather, the fan base, the ownership. Um, and I think him and Tomlin, like, they could, they could get together very well. I, I think that Rodgers has had some coaches <laughs> in his career that he's, how do you say, doesn't have the most respect for. <laughs> um, and I think it's obvious and you can tell I think him and Lafleur have worked it out. Yeah. Where I think they're okay now, yeah. but in the beginning, you know, they're the same age basically, right? And I think that there was a little issue where I think Tomlin, but that there's there would be no issue there. Yeah, I think Rodgers, especially going from that McCarthy debacle. Right. Um, I think I think Rodgers is the type of guy who's like, you have to you have to earn my respect. Right. I'm not just going right. to give it to you right. because you're my coach, um, which I, I understand. Totally. Um, 
But, yeah, like you said, I mean, LaFleur and his coaching, he's had him in the NFC Championship game a couple years in a row now. Like, and their team is killing it again this year. I, I think they are the number one seed right now. They are right now, and yeah. And so you, at a certain point, you have to you have to kind of respect that, you know. So. Well, yeah, but he also kicks <laughs> field goals when they should be going for touchdowns. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's... I just think Tomlin has, has oh, shown Tom, yeah. that Tom. there would be no issue there. Yeah. Tomlin has earned the respect of everybody in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. He's exactly. a no-nonsense, will tell you what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. Yeah, and I think that's right up Rodgers' alley. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what I think that would be. Yeah, I think that would be a great move. You're right, though. I haven't heard it anywhere. But I think it would be a good move. I just don't know if they have the money to do that. I mean, not that Jimmy G's cheap, but I think he'll be cheaper moving forward. Yeah, than he's I'll, been. I'll be honest. I didn't look at anybody's salary cap no, yeah, or draft capital or anything either. on this. I just, <laughs> uh, in a perfect world, I would have looked at the draft capital because I know um, there's other quarterbacks we're going to talk about that they're going to demand several first-round picks or things like that. Um, so I didn't look at any of that. This is, again, just like where I kind of want to see people. And, um, you know, I'm going to go with my second quarterback. I stuck with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think this one's already been out there a lot, but I do want to see Aaron Rodgers go to Denver. Yeah. The tools, you know, that would be at his, you know, that he could use in Denver are, are great. The wide receivers are, you know, they just locked them all in. Corton Sutton just signed a deal. Tim Patrick just signed a deal. Jerry Judy, who by all logistics should be amazing. Um, you know, then they got... They got tight ends, Noah Fant, Albert O. Javante Williams can catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, they have a pretty decent offensive line. They have a great defense um, that just needs their offense to keep them off the field for a little bit. Yeah, that's that's it. And I think, yeah, I think Rodgers would be awesome in Denver. I know that that's kind of whatever, you know, especially going into this year, that was a big, oh, my gosh, he's going to go, he's going to go. But it is one I would like to see. I think that he would be able to just keep it rolling with that offense. Yeah. Um, that would be that'd be pretty exciting to see. You'd have Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, all in the same division. That would be a hoot. Don't forget Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, to round it off, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, it, it's, been, it's been a shame to not see Deshaun Watson find anywhere to land this year for a whole year. Um, and I'm just thinking, like, you know, of all the places that have a good established running game, have uh, a, a player's type of coach, um, somewhere where he can kind of go in and bring him up to that next level, some stud wide receivers, I'm going to go ahead and say the Minnesota Vikings, man. That dude with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson could be huge. He utilizes the tight ends. Um, I mean, like, that if, if and when Rodgers leaves, that division's kind of going to be wide open, uh, and they could be competing immediately. And dude is just so much fun to watch. Uh, it, it's, it's something we forget about because he's been gone this whole year. But, I mean, this dude brought the Texans to the, to the fucking NF, or AFC championship game. He is, he's very, very good. Uh, he's very talented. And I think um, him in that Viking system, uh, it, 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 could be, it could be just fireworks, man. And, and it, again, if Cousins stays there, that's, that's fine, too. Like, I, I actually kind of like him as a fit with the Vikings. Um, and he's, his numbers prove it this year. He's a capable quarterback. But I think everybody's just kind of over the money that they gave to him, and they're willing to move on from Cousins this year. He hasn't brought them to the promised land. So, Man, Justin Jefferson right now is in the conversation as the number one wide receiver in, in football. Um, in Dynasty, 
he's in the conversation for the one one. Yeah. In in foot and you know in startup, um, and that's with Kirk Cousins, who again mm-hmm. I think we both like, and he's serviceable, and he's a he's a good quarterback. Um, to me, he's the Tony Romo of right. the NFL. <laughs> right. um, you know, does well for fantasy. He does well for your team. You win some games that you didn't think you were going to win, but you lose some games that you think you were going to win as well. Yeah. To add Watson to Justin Jefferson, Woo. oh my <laughs> goodness! Yeah. And that's only going to help Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I mean that's. And then we're getting my boy Big Irv Smith back yeah, next year exactly. too. Exactly. I would love that. I I cannot argue. Um, <laughs> I also did go with Watson, and I picked Carolina for him to go to. Oh, that'd be great. Which I think would be great, but the Vikings would be great too. But I think if you went to Carolina, they're they're definitely going to need a quarterback of some some type. Again, we didn't look at contracts. I don't know the Sam Darnold situation, but I know Cam is. I mean, Cam's getting benched in the middle of games right now. Twice for a guy who I don't even know who he is. Um, so you know, send Deshaun Watson there. DJ Moore becomes the stud, you know, top 12 wide receiver that we all want him to be. Uh, Robbie Anderson just keeps getting those PPR points. And Deshaun and, you know, CMC in the same backfield. That's what I'm looking forward to if that does happen. go. And I I feel like Deshaun's one of those guys who is a passing quarterback first who can run. He's not a running quarterback. Exactly. He's a passing quarterback. So – him and CMC would be great. And then if he needs to get out, he can run, but that's not, you know, it's not his goal. Yeah, well, defenses have to account for that, whether he's going to do it or not. They they can't just all fall back into deep coverage, so they have to hug that line a little bit just in case he breaks containment. And even if he doesn't do it for an entire game, they still have to understand that's part of his dynamic, and that's, gonna, that's just going to leave Jefferson open. DJ Moore. DJ Moore, <laughs> sorry. But, yeah, and Carolina um, – also, I mean, their defense is good, too. I mean, you know, they're, they're one of the better defenses. They just also are struggling with an offense that doesn't score the points. So you add somebody like Deshaun Watson who can run that offense, and their defense will just be better. All right, guys, we're going to get into some matchups that we think you can take advantage of this week. I was looking on PFF. They were giving Tyler Lockett a 100% rating against the Rams DBs, but then he got the COVID. So yeah. sounds like he's out. Um, so let's jump on DK Metcalf. I think he's going to have a great day, and I think he's due for a great day. Uh, going to be honest, I am not a DK fan. I think the guy's a bum, but he's a fairly good wide receiver. And at some point, him and Russ have to connect on a big one, and I think this might be the week with all the guys that the Rams have on the COVID list, including Jalen Ramsey, I think it's three other cornerbacks. I think it's two safeties. I I just think that DK will be able to run more free than usual, and they have to let Russ throw the ball a little bit. I mean, the running game is not doing what Pete Carroll wants it to do. Uh, I know that Penny had a big game this week, but I don't think that continues. I think DK... I think DK will be a big part of the offense this week. Yeah, I mean, the, the Rams, I think, total, they have 25 players on that COVID list, and that's, that's just horrible, yeah. So uh, I, could, I, could see, I could see that happening uh, pretty easily, DK just kind of going off. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Amari Cooper. I mean, he, uh, I know it's pretty brave to go out with Amari Cooper, but let's like, kind of look back. Like The last couple weeks, he hasn't been much. Dak is struggling. Um, he isn't doing he isn't doing what you would expect him to do, and uh, nothing kind of remedies that like going against a garbage ass defense, and that's what they're going against. They're going against the New York Giants. Um, I do believe that they're going to focus on holding C.D. Lamb down a little bit, and then that's just going to leave Amari Cooper just running rampant, man. Uh, I I with Zeke kind of still f- going through injury. Pollard dealing with that plantar fasciitis, whatever pronunciation you want to go with. That sounds um, good. That yeah, sounds no, let's good. run with that. Plantar fasciitis. Um, I, I do look for Amari Cooper to kind of blow up this game. Like the the defenders on the the Giants are ranked in the bottom third of the NFL, and um, that's that's who my startup is going to be. And, and the only reason I'm mentioning him, he normally would just kind of be a week-to-week starter anyway, but he has been struggling lately, and I look for this to be like a big get-right game for him. Yeah, I, I think that that's a good thing. He's kind of been mediocre, not been the worst, hasn't killed you, but he hasn't done great. But I think a lot of that is Dak, like you're saying. So I'd love to see him and Dak hook up. I have him in a league that I'm in the playoffs, and I could definitely use it. Um, I do hope that it's not totally at the cost of C.D. Lamb because that's my boy, and I got lots of him. Uh, but I think he's going to be back with just fine. <laughs> uh, my other one, I think that I think that we're going to go into Miami, and I think Tua and Devontae Parker are going to have um, really good games. I, you that's know, originally when I was picking these guys, I thought Waddle was going to be there, and I thought that they would all have a good game. I mean, Waddle has become a must start, so I think you know this wasn't in spite of Waddle. But now with Waddle on the COVID list, I think that Devontae Parker is even going to become a, a bigger part of the offense this week. And Tua is just looking better and better every week. I mean, he just looks more consistent. His completion percentage is getting high, you know, really high. I think he even hit 80% a couple games. And they're playing the Jets, yeah. and the Jets stink. Um, <laughs> they're so bad. Yeah, so I think it'll just turn into a, a Devonta Parker and, and Tua show. Um, all the running backs in Miami are on the COVID list, too, I believe. Um, yeah, I think Gaskins might be back for yeah, this game. Yeah, and I saw um, Brown was was off the IR, or, or he was off the injury report. and He hasn't been there in a while, Malcolm Brown. He's supposed to be back, but... Uh, I think I think it's going to be a game for Tua. I think he's going to have a good game. Yeah, that's a really good call. Like since since he came back from injury, he's a QB eleven, so he's right there as a QB one. And yeah. um, you know, I I uh, was looking at DFS uh, lineups, and, and generally what I like to do is exactly what you did here. I look for whoever the Jets are playing, right, <laughs> or, or whoever the Texans are playing, or, or things like that. And um, I would also go out on a limb here and say, uh, you know, Gasicki, who hasn't been lighting oh, yeah. up yeah, super yeah. much lately, but. I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get targeted 10 times, you know, probably 60, 70 yards, maybe a touchdown. Um, and that's right up what there you want in your, your tight end spot unless you're going against Travis Kelsey, who broke, broke everything yesterday. He's really good. He's so good. So we've finished our beer of the day. We just finished our six-pack of the week. And that's when you start getting drunk. When you start getting drunk, you start sending out trade offers that become a wee bit questionable i got an interesting trade this week it was during right at our trade deadline like we had talked about a little bit it was you know getting towards the end of the monday night game and i had a bunch of trades out that i had sent out and then in a different league i got an alert that i had a trade from our dear friend butt fumble he's earned that name 
And, um, you know, when, when you're getting near the, the trade deadline, it's interesting to see what you can get. So I was excited to, to open it up, and the first thing I saw is that I was sending away Michael Pittman. And uh, Michael Pittman, I'm very high on him. He has been one of the top – well, not, he's not a rookie. He's been – the last two years, you know, he came in, he's been one of the top newer wide receivers. Last year, his numbers were okay. He was kind of he's getting, injured, yeah, and he was getting acclimated. This year, he's just he's turned into the alpha wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, him and Wentz get along really well. Yeah, and last year he had Rivers. Yeah, he's been mossing people out there, just you know, reaching over them to steal the ball. He's been great. He's super young, and um, I'm you know I'm high on him. I have a few shares. I think you're high on him too. Oh yeah, we both are. And and the, the thing that makes us even <clears throat> funnier is we're not quiet about our love for Pittman. Like it's not a secret. Right, <laughs> like, right. So right, yeah, we've talked about him a lot. And I think that everybody kind of knows. So I get to give up Michael Pittman. I'm not super happy about that. Um, but let's look at what I get to get in return to to make it worth it. Huge overpay, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's the end of the year. You're trying to. He's a competitor in the league. He's one of the top couple seeds. You got to pay up. Um, I get his 23 third. You know, 23 class is supposed to be fairly okay and supposed to be deep. So maybe a late third equals something. And then I get two 2024 seconds. <laughs> And you'd like to know what else I get? I would like to know what else I get because that's, that's it. He must not have finished the trade offer. He must have just sent that out because I'm sure there was like a first or a couple firsts in there somewhere, right? It had I, to have been. Yeah, yeah. Just so we're clear, 2024 picks don't really mean anything they're, to me. Yeah, they're like, the, they're like a throw-in when, you're, when, you're dra- when your trade is close. Yeah. You know, but you're like, ah, I just I need a little bit more. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to reach out to the 2024 draft. Yeah. Give you a second. That sways it, you know, a few points. Just so the other person feels better about it. Right. Like, it doesn't mean anything to you. It's just like, oh, I'll give you a round of applause, too, when, we, when you accept this trade. I'll clap for you online. You know what it is? It's like, <laughs> it's like if I offer you a 2024 second, I'm not actually giving you anything. All I'm giving you is the opportunity for another trade you make in the next <laughs> yes. year, you get to throw that piece in as exactly. well. Exactly. Like, yeah. it's not really anything. It's, not, <laughs> you know? it's non-tangible. Yeah. It's like it just doesn't exist. It, it's not really a thing. It's just something you get to attach to another trade to say, hey, here's, I attach this. Doesn't it look pretty? Yeah, it's like... It's like saying I'm I'm gonna give you spiritual currency. <laughs> it's like it's fucking stupid. Like this is a fucking stupid trade. Don't forget to put your 24 second outside on the full moon. It needs to recharge. <laughs> moon water. Yeah, it's it's and th- okay, we're talking about one of the up and coming stud wide receivers who's gonna be with his young quarterback for years and years to come, and the motherfucker can't even put in a pick from this draft coming up. The soonest one is a 2023, and it's a fucking third. And, and the, other th- the other part is, one, he's a competitor this year, so you've got to overpay for a guy when you're leading right. into to being a competitor. Um, but none of the picks, I mean, two of the picks are yours. Yeah. So they're going to be late. The other pick is his. He's also a competitor, so it's going to be late. So it's not even like, you're not even giving me the... 
the last place or the second to last guy. I mean, I know it can change from year to year. Yeah. But there's there's some consistency to yeah. looking at this guy's team. It's going to take him three years to rebuild. So I'll give you a couple of his picks. You know, are going to be at least early. No, none of that. No, fuck this guy. I don't know, but fumble. Reach out. Let me know. Let me know what the thought process was between these. I would love to hear the thought process. These two shiny little Dog things turds. that I have to put out <laughs> for the full moon to recharge them, and then a third for Michael Pittman. I don't. I don't know what I was trying to think. What you know, we like to ask each other. What would it take? What would it take for this trade to go through? And a lot of times it's hard because they're not our players. Yeah. Or, you know, it's not our trade. But this is directly to me and. I don't know. I mean, you have to start with a first. Oh, yeah, that's starting that's point. starting yeah. point. And then I want a player in return that I can start. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily a, a top wide receiver, but I need a wide receiver I can start in Michael Pittman's place. Renfro. Yeah, Renfro <laughs> in a first. I'll say no because I love Michael Pittman, <laughs> but at least I... You won't make the podcast a piece of shit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that it came in, you know, in the last few minutes. I He's in the league that I posted, hey, you know, trade deadline ends in two minutes. Let's go. Maybe he just thought, like, I can imagine him seeing you, like, behind a desk with glasses and calculators and just a stack of papers just rushing around last minute and you not looking at the trade that just came through. Oh, accept, accept, accept. Oh, I got to do it. And even if that is the case, then you're a fucking dick for sending it. You know, the, the Charlie Day from the Always yes, Sunny exactly. where he's got the board. I'm like, oh, no, I have to accept that. It's a 2024 second. Oh, my God, yes. Sometimes I think about just being, like, a complete asshole and being a bad commissioner and, like, accepting the trade but then canceling it when I send it through. But I don't want to get into that ever, like, so I'll never do it. But, it, like, it, it always pops in my head, like, how funny, like, hit accept. Have him celebrate the fuck out of it. Like, oh, my God. And then be like, no. Just like, at least you tried. It was peanuts where she's just yanking the football from him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, again, and I've said this before, like, it just makes me mad that I open a trade offer to see some shit like that. I'm just like, dude. Yeah. It's sad when it's like it's just an immediate delete. You're not even like, do I want to counter this? Do I want to think about it? No, just delete. I like, like John. I, I, I like um, there's a guy who's in a bunch of our leagues, Trevor, and what he'll do is he'll just counter with something outrageous. Like he's okay, I'll give you Pittman, but you give me Tyreek Hill on four first. <laughs> yeah, right. And that that's that's definitely like I almost sometimes want to like delete it as fast as I can, and that's kind of my thing. Like like. Especially when I can get it, open it, and just delete it within yeah. like three seconds, and just be like, God, yep. no, I don't I'm have out. to think about that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh, guys, podcast came out a little bit late. It's not on Thursday today, so hopefully you moved your Thursday players out of your flex. Hopefully, it's just becoming a habit, something you think about every week, and that you do. You just you got to give yourself the flexibility, especially with all the COVID stuff that's going on. You know, if you leave a running back in your flex spot and then pretty soon your only other running back gets COVID, you are now stuck trying to play a third, a fourth, you know, free agent running back that you're hoping will accidentally recover a fumble for a touchdown. Yeah. 
Instead of, you know, if you played your Thursday night guy in the running back spot, now you can pick up a team's third wide receiver, which at least has a chance. You can pick up a a tight end who is going to be the starter. You know, give yourself the flexibility. Just remember Thursday, move your starters into their spots. Well said. Yeah. No no five-star reviews this week, but I do want to give a quick shout-out to a loyal listener and our newest employee, Ken Neely. (laughs) He, you know, just always has feedback for us that he comes in and and gives us to it in person. We appreciate you. Thanks, Ken. Um, Thanks to everybody. Thanks for listening. Miyagi, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, No, pet a dog. Be happy. Yeah, man. We're just, you know, reminder, we're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. Would love the the follow, the rate, the review. It helps us out. If you want to hear anything special from us, reach reach out to us on Facebook. Reach out to us on our email, fantasyondraft at gmail.com. And tip your bartender. There you go. Have a good one. Peace out.